Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of our Clone Wars rewatch here on Nerd Herder. I am your Herd leader, John Wayne. I'm your Herd mom, Megan. And today we've got a few episodes. Uh, they're a little bit lighter than some of the other episodes we've discussed, but overall a good story, I'd say. Um, we've kind of reached a midpoint almost. Uh, we're in season three, but. Uh, as most know, uh, season six, or the Lost Missions, uh, isn't a full season, so we're almost halfway through um, with our series uh, as a whole, and it's just starting to get to those points where we start to get to some of the greater plots and whatnot, get into the bigger things. Uh, this is not one of those arcs, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this is just a fun one. This is just a kind of side arc. Um, many may even call it filler. Yeah. Um, but it's it's got some good elements. Um, it's slow-paced uh, compared to others, I think. But, again, overall, I think it has more good than it does meh. That's yeah. just kind of my feel. I mean, I, I think, you know, we said that it could have probably been two episodes and been better off that way, maybe. Because the third episode in the arc is pretty solid, but the first two are just kind of low-blow, kind of yeah. chill. I don't know. <laughs> um, maybe these are some of you you guys' uh, favorite episodes. If so, um, tell us what you love about them. Uh, I mean, we're not necessarily calling them bad episodes. They're just they're episodes. They're part of the journey to... Finishing the series, um, but uh, overall, definitely next week's, I think, are going to pick up the pace a little bit, be a bit more in line with what we enjoy about the series. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, if you haven't noticed, it's also uh, late. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There's not really an excuse for it this time. We kind of lost Friday. <laughs> Yeah. Um, There's a lot that we have to do around the house nowadays, so yeah, it's become... We feel bad constantly yeah. saying, like, work's been crazy, work's been crazy, all this other stuff, and... Yeah, but, but home's been crazy, too. It's, yeah, it's just, it's it's how things are going for us, um, and we don't share that to make you guys feel guilty or to try and excuse, you know, I mean, we genuinely felt bad when we realized uh, it was too late to do the episode yesterday. Yeah. It was one of those things where we realized it and we wouldn't have been home to do anything about it until late in the evening and we wouldn't have been happy about it because we'd been recording it so late. Uh, and so there's just a few factors there that we just decided it was best to move it to the next day. Yeah. And again, there's not really anything, there's not a reason we forgot <laughs> or anything. It's just life. Yeah. It just happened. Uh, and we do apologize about that. I, you guys are really awesome about it. None, no one has yet to voice their complaints about us missing episodes or having to reschedule or do things. So we do appreciate that level of understanding, at least. Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those things where, you know, yeah. I, we love doing the podcast. We wish we could do even more with the podcast, but at the end of the day, there's just a lot going on in life that... You know, it's 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 very difficult because the podcast is extra. Yeah. Um, and so there's sometimes that we really feel it. Um, it doesn't mean we enjoy it any less because it's extra or because, you know, we have to 
do something more. It's just to say that sometimes we don't have we don't have it in our fuel tank to do the extra. Yeah. Um sometimes sometimes life demands all of it from us. Um you know, cuz we do have our jobs and other things going on and so those things unfortunately well not unfortunately those things require us more than the podcast does sometimes and this was one of those weeks where life kind of just took everything out of us uh and yeah yesterday just was a blur for us and we missed it yep (laughs) but (laughs) all that to say we're back um and we don't plan on doing that again uh but one of them things i don't know it's just one of those days. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a peek into our world a little bit, just what's going on. It's just, it's very busy. Mm-hmm. So we're we're striving to continue to deliver quality content and everything like that. And hopefully you can just be patient with us as we try and keep our rhythm and everything like that. Um, certainly we don't want to make you and the podcast suffer because of life uh, and whatnot. We want to make sure that Nerd Herder gets... A hundred percent of us. Um, yeah. And it's just some days that's easier to commit than others. Yep. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, I hope I hope that sounds as positive as I was trying to make it sound. <laughs> we love the podcast, guys. Yes. Trust. We we we, yeah, we love the podcast. We we're not on the horizon of making an announcement that we're quitting or anything like that. It's no. just, it's just a season where. We're really stretched uh, and whatnot, so we appreciate your patience and your support throughout that, and we promise to continue to strive to do our best to make this podcast the best and giving you the quality that you expect from podcasts. Yeah. Um, so you loan us your ears, we loan you quality content for those ears. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so anyway. we're talking about, uh, it's a full arc, three-episode arc, uh, and we've got some familiar faces coming back. Very familiar. And we actually take a journey all the way back to season one for one of these episodes, and we're going to talk a little bit about the feeling, the effects of that. You really... Yeah. You know, when we first started, we saw a couple of season three episodes and then went to season one episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then we mentioned, wow, there's a bit of a difference. Yeah, like, there's a moment where... The animation gets really weird for a second. Mm-hmm. It's when the bounty hunters are in the uh, control room. But it's just one of those things. Like, it, it's season one. Yeah, well, and I think what I was going to say is I think it's weird enough going from later episode to earlier episode. Yeah. And then going, you know, you're watching early episode, early episode, early episode, early episode. And then you get to season two, which is kind of the midpoint. And then... You get you just get used to the quality. Yeah. You know, when you're watching just season one episodes, you don't really feel a shift in quality. Yeah, but going from season three to season one. Yeah, I mean, it really shows. But it's understandable because of how much bigger it had gotten, you know. Uh, it's like Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, I think, went up like $2 million every production period. Yeah. Like, they got more money every time, because every, every uh, season, just because... They did so well the last time. And Clone Wars does the same thing. Most shows do the same thing. They get more money as they perf- continue to perform better. Yeah. Um, I mean, just watch The Amazing World of Gumball. Yeah. So here you see where 
the money goes. You see, I mean, we're to the point now that we're getting new characters almost left and right. We're seeing new character models, new species, yeah. you know. And it was a point in season one where they couldn't do something because it would have cost too much to make a new character model. Yeah. Um, and those, I'm not saying that season three doesn't have limitations or season four or five or any of them. But I'm saying that the limitations got different and lighter as it went on. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely a lot more fluidity to the movements. The lips match the dialogue a little bit better. You know, yeah. it sometimes in not understanding animation, I think we think it should just be easier to make lips ma- match movement or make movement just smoother in general. Yeah. But it's one of those things, if you don't have... A higher level of rendering, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of stuck to being able to do a few kind of movements. Yeah. Also, motion tracking is hard. I don't even know if they do motion tracking. True. Which makes yeah. it even more difficult if they're trying to do it, uh, you know, just match animation to dialogue in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like the the more money the more they can render, and the more they can render, the smoother things can look. The more yeah. um, natural things can look. Uh, season one definitely feels more like a cartoon, simple style. Yeah. Um, but by season three, it feels very cinematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really only going up from here. And of course, then Rebels, they're able to do a whole lot because of what they accomplished with Clone Wars and now into Resistance, they're able to accomplish yeah. what Rebels accomplished because of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. So it's a cycle. It's it's just a development cycle, and that's how it's always going to go with animation. Um, but it's interesting to note that with this. Yeah. Um, because it's not just the animation, but it's also dialogue. Uh, it's also people's comfort levels with characters, I think, mm-hmm. and what goes in. Yeah. Um, I think overall... They, you can see how much more comfortable everyone is by season three versus season one. Yeah, definitely. Which is, again, understandable. <laughs> yeah. So. Like, I think the voice for Cad Bane, it, it did something weird. <laughs> well, and the, if you go, now, you, um, uh, what, no, Hostage Crisis. Um, yeah. Hostage Crisis is Cad Bane's first appearance. Yeah. Even his dialogue is... It's, so, like, when he first yeah. walks on the the platform... And, by the way, I'm sorry, we haven't gotten into the episodes anyway, but this is part of the, this is part of the rewatch. Yeah. Um, you know, when he first walks onto the platform of the Senate, and he's, you know, he has a very cowboy yeah. line. He says, son, I don't think you want to do that. Yeah. And it's one of those things, when you know Cad Bane more before coming to that line, you're almost like, why would he say it like that? Yeah. But if you're introduced to that first, it doesn't feel unnatural because... Yeah, like, the way I kind of thought of it was, like, at first it seemed like Cad Bane was trying to do an impression of someone else. Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very Clint Eastwood, but also with the voice of Ren and Stimpy a little bit. Or, uh, Ren from Ren and Stimpy. I wouldn't know. I didn't watch that show. You idiot. Ah. Uh, yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where they, re- you see in his first episode, you see they were going for a very specific motif. Yes. Very cowboyish, very Clint Eastwood. Excuse me, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. I have been. Whereas, 
later on, his dialogue's much more normal, I'd say. Yeah, You know, definitely. it doesn't feel as characterized. It just feels like dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not to say that he lost the cowboy motif. I, th- I don't think, I think it's just that... He's not walking around calling everybody partner. He's not trying to convince you he's a cowboy, yes. Yeah. Um, that's what it kind of feels like going from season three to season one, seeing him. Yeah. Um, but it also makes more sense because there's just certain parts of his appearance in season one that don't quite fit mm-hmm. um, until you see it in order. You know, like him knowing who Skywalker is and so forth. Yeah, yeah I was... It was one of those things, <laughs> when I first watched it, I always took it as, oh, he just yeah, knows. Yeah, he's heard of him. He, yeah, he's just, he just knows Anakin from, you know, his escapades or something. You know, he... Because yeah. you got to figure... I, I have to imagine, you know, yeah. war's very public. Very, war's yeah. very publicized. It's very... Uh, it's good entertainment, yeah. as, as some would call it. Uh, and so you, I have to imagine that People are seeing these Jedi. They're seeing some of the action and glimpses of it. So maybe some of them are, you know, kind of characterized as heroes. I mm-hmm. always interpret it like, okay, he just he's known by his reputation. Yeah. But it makes a lot more sense that, no, he's actually encountered mm-hmm. Anakin before kind of thing. Yeah. It's also interesting that we see Aura Singh in one of these episodes. But yeah. she doesn't have a voice actress. Which makes sense. Also, um, she's supposed to be in prison. Well, we'll get to that. But the funny thing is, is they had her character model at the end of season one, but she didn't get used until... Well, the end of season two. Yeah. It still took a whole season for them to finally pull her in for a full uh, appearance. Yeah. And here she's just kind of a background character, which is almost cheating given how much we've seen of her before this. Yeah. It's a lot of interesting things with, with the world of animation. Let's just yeah, put it that stuff. way. Yeah, there and it, you don't really get you don't really ask questions or get to those things I think if you watch it in numerical order versus chronological order. Because when it comes to chronological order, more pops up of curiosity of okay. And you kinda catch more of the changes and, and developments and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but if you're just watching, I mean, by the time you see Cad Bane in season three, you don't you you didn't just watch season one episode. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't feel as. Uh, it doesn't feel like that big of a change, mm-hmm. but watching it in the order that we watched it. Yeah. All of a sudden, you feel it a little bit more. Yeah, complete one eighty. Yeah, it's a it's a <laughs> little different, because um, it's that curious thing of. It's like. Character development, character development, character development, undevelopment, character development, character... You know, because it's like bringing him all the way back from season one in between these season three episodes. Mm -hmm. It just feels like some things rewind a little bit. Yeah. And then catch right back up. And I still don't know why they decided to do it in this order. It's so weird. Some some, um, have explanations... Some episodes that they do have explanations um, for why they had to move it up in production mm-hmm. and so forth. Uh, to um, my knowledge, there's not an explanation for it in this one. I wonder if they just wanted to 
make this a one-off episode of introducing Cad Bane because, um, you know, in the very next season, Cad Bane has more appearances with... Yeah, he becomes the, a much bigger threat. Yeah, he, you know, with the uh, capturing of the holocron and all this other stuff. Yeah. So, I think they wanted just a way to say, okay, we can't just throw Cad Bane in there. We need to introduce him as some bad guy. Yeah. So let's make this episode. And, and, and yeah. then later on in writing, I felt like they were like, did we ever explain what happened to Zero? Let's explain what happened to Zero. <laughs> and then let's do even more and explain how Cad Bane was hired to start the thing with Zero in the first place, yeah. even how though it's got, not match, that much of a story. How we got plans to the Senate, because that comes up too. Yeah, So, but it's like, what you know, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, I feel like later on they decided they wanted to do something with that. Yeah. And then, so we got You just sort of story. forgot. Yeah. I think there's a couple where it's just like, yeah, we're going to just come back to that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. So um, weird. It, it is, it is definitely weird. Yeah. Tell me why, Dave. Tell me. But speaking of getting the plans, so <laughs> it's about time we actually talk about the episodes. Yeah. So we're starting with season three, episode eight, Evil Plans. Uh, and the moral for this episode is a failure in planning is a plan for failure, which is a good advice. Yeah, but it doesn't really have much to do with the episode. <laughs> well, I mean, Cad Bane planned. Yeah. His plan worked. Yeah. He did. I mean, that's the only that's the only relevance it has, but it is good advice. Yeah. Make a plan, or you know. Fail. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, Make a plan, follow through with that plan. True. That is, that is true. Plans only matter as much as the follow-through. Yes. Um, the opening narration for this is evil plans. Oh. I loved the narration at that moment. <laughs> it was just so funny. With the Jedi Council focused on the war effort, criminal minds are left unchecked to spread fear and corruption. Galactic gangster Jabba the Hutt has sent bounty hunter Cad Bane on a nefarious mission which shall strike at the heart of the Republic. Meanwhile, the unsuspecting citizens of Coruscant go about their daily lives. Now, keep in mind that opening narration for when we get to the next one, and you'll see some difference. Yeah. Because we're going from season three to season one to season three. Yeah. And you see even a... You kind of expect animation differences, but even in how they write the opening narration, mm-hmm. it's gotten a little bit more yeah. wordy later in seasons, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we open on a very chaotic scene. Not chaotic in the war sense, but <laughs> in the kitchen sense. I'm just going to say, this. I didn't like this episode. No. <laughs> it's not one of my favorites, and it's mostly because it's the most cartoony plot It's incredibly ever. cartoony, and nothing comes of it. Well, some things come of it, but, like... The only thing that comes of it, it I mean... <laughs> we get another this, episode. This episode was literally just, we need to explain how he got plans to the Senate, which I don't even think was a burning question. No. Also, he has a little droid friend that could just go in... And get oh, into the Toto. computer. Yeah, Toto. Um, Which is the cutest name for a droid. Also, he's no, supposed to be No, well, dead. I mean, they would need... Well, this is... They would still need access and everything. But, I mean, you can infer, oh, he probably stole it somehow. You Like... Yeah, you it, don't you really did, need... We didn't need this episode, especially as light as it was. And that's just... Yeah. That's just me. I. You love light. You, you hate light No, episodes. I mean, it's just... <laughs> it's, it's just... It's very stark from the rest of the series. Yeah. You know, it's one where they really just lean into 
you know. This is a cartoon. This is, you know, we're just going to have some goofy fun with it. Yeah, and it's like a bottle episode. It's it's fun. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but it's just, un, to me, unnecessary. If I had to pick, and you know, if I had to pick episodes that could be skipped, this, mm-hmm. this would be one. Because yeah. I just don't feel like it adds much. Yeah. By the way, if you are unaware, a bottle episode of a television show is where you have all of your characters in one spot for the entirety of the episode. Which does not happen in this episode, but it's similar. Yeah, I mean, it's very very easy to write. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's very straightforward. Yeah, nothing really happens. Um, so we see Padme preparing for a, for a visit for Senator Aang. I have to wonder, since Dave Filoni worked on Airbender, if that was a reference. (laughs) He loves cactus juice and Osaka. (laughs) Um... She and her other senators, including Mothma and Bale, are hoping to pursue him, persuade him to reduce the military spending that is effective relief work due to the war. And I want to call him a walnut head, and so does John. Tell us his actual species. Uh, his species is Runin. Runin. Uh, they're from the planet Runa, and he's actually one of two senators of the species that we see, and there's also a Jedi... Uh, that appears in later episodes. <clears throat> he might have a name, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't look it up. He he kind of just, he only exists to die, so. Yeah. Spoiler alert. He's a nuthead. Um, the Runin Jedi uh, actually appeared back in the episode Grievous Intrigue, uh, which was the episode that gave us the species name uh, about 13 years after The Phantom Menace came out. Hmm. So he's a very background character, and the next time he shows up, he dies. So Of course. There's not much to him, but um, Senator Aang is like a subordinate of Senator, I think his name's Echiel or something like that. He, sh- he, he appears in the background of The Phantom Menace. Um, he's actually based off of concept art for a alien Jedi um, that didn't, didn't come down. It well, looks... Like, I'm looking at a picture of the Runin species now. It looks like Star Trek. <laughs> For lack of a better term. <laughs> it looks like an alien that you would see in Star Trek. Yeah, very simple. Yeah. Very, just wear a mask. Just straight up alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which some could say about, like, Greedo and Rodians, but eh. I mean, it's it's all about perspective. What you think is simple alien... You know, yeah. kind of thing. It's like, uh, Trandosians remind me of the Gorn from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, regardless, they get, uh, wait a minute. I am behind. A big plot, a big part of the plot is based on this very small thing. Yes, basically. That is it. Uh, the plot is that the Runins are very particular. And they are preparing his favorite dessert, Jugan fruit cake. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Jugan fruit cake. That was so. That was Phil Lamar, by the way, guys. That yeah. was Phil Lamar as uh, Senator Ang, and he just had fun with. I feel like they were like, we've never heard a rune and speak, so just have fun with it. Yeah. So. But me. <laughs> it's just one of those things. It's, it's just so like, silly. I, I think that's one thing I had the most fun with is when he finally showed up and 
Yeah. Phil and Mars just having fun. Yeah. But here's the plot, John. They forgot the fruit. Of course. They forgot the jugon fruit. Of course. And you only realize that after the cake's done. Yes, and the cake... And 30 minutes before the, cake the guy is shows in, up. is entirely finished. Right. Except for the jugon fruit on top. On top. It's not even part of the cake. It's just a garnish. That's it. I know. It's just like... It's so dumb. <laughs> But the, but everything hinges on this. Yes. Everything hinges on freaking Jugendfruit. And of course, C-3PO cannot be trusted to go get Jugendfruit by himself. And so they send R2 I mean, that's actually... Ac- they shouldn't have sent 3PO at all. They should have just sent R2. Yes. That We wouldn't have had this episode right. if they just sent R2. Right. And then, okay, and then keep in mind, this is a completely separate plot point from... Like, Bane's mission is to capture the droids and get... The Senate schematics. Spoiler alert. Okay. What was his plan to do that? Because they're literally waiting downtown in the market that 3PO and R2 show up to. Did he steal the Jugen fruit? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I bet that's what it is. His he he snuck in and instead of stealing the droid that has the information, he he stole the daggum Jugen fruit. No, I'm gonna steal the fruit and make them come downtown to shop at the market and then I'm gonna steal him. It's like, like I, yeah. I just I re- I genuinely wonder what was his plan otherwise because they're just hanging out at the market and they're like right. oh there's who we're looking for that was the plan what oh boy what? Um, oh my goodness so yeah Anakin's concern is very founded because three PO clearly gets swindled for the fruit that they find in a little street market also where are they going. To get this, are they going to the lower levels? To I don't get know. This like, like, could you not go to like space? Carver? Well, but then, okay, like how how sir, like how welcome are droids? Because they probably had to take like a taxi. Do people just naturally give rides to droids? I mean, we see a couple protocol droids while they're down there. Oh yeah, but we see them as shopkeeps. But I'm like, true. It's but. R2 and 3PO, it's like, how did they get there? And, I mean, we're assuming that a taxi driver is going to be like, oh, droid money is just as good as anything. Yeah. But, I don't know, it's one, and then, it's like. What's the economy like? Who would sell to a droid? Like, why do you want Jugendfruit? I'm going to, like, I mean, I'm just thinking, like me, I'm like, why would I sell it to a droid? I'm going to sell it to a person that can actually eat this stuff. Also, guys, there's only four Jugen fruit on the entire planet. Oh yeah, apparently. of course. You can't just like go down to S- Super Kroger and be like, "Oh, look at that! It's a purple fruit with some marbling on it. That looks yummy." Right. Like, well, and then, so, three PO's kidnapped. Yeah. And he drops the Jugen fruit. Yeah. And it's left outside while R two's going to the spa. Yeah, that's that's part of the plot. Is we have a whole montage of R two at the spa. Right. Getting a well-deserved spa treatment. I mean, yes. he's he's the real hero, let's be honest. Um, but it's intercut with 3PO being tortured for Senate schematics. Uh, but So it's left outside while all that's happening. What, 40, 45 minutes? 45 minutes later? Yeah. Probably. Probably. R- R2 comes out and finds the Jugen fruit. And then, just as he's doing that, the... Uh, Bane's associates come to kidnap him. Yep. And then he drops the Jugen fruit. Yep. And then they torture him. Yep. 
and then they get what they want and dump them back on the streets. And then they still pick up the Jugendfruit and they're like, yeah, this looks good. Yeah. That's been outside all day, guys. It's in a canister. All day. It Well, it, if anything, that's probably been baking it. Right. It's probably been sweating. It's got one of those, uh, you know when you open a, a can of Pringles? Mm-hmm. You gotta peel back the freshness seal? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how Jugendfruit <laughs> like, works. It's like a can of tennis balls. <laughs> I don't know how Jugendfruit works, but I'm pretty sure it shouldn't have been left outside all day. Have you ever opened a can of tennis balls and smelled it? No. Disgusting. It smells like rubber. Well, yeah, because it's rubber. Yeah. <laughs> Should I even go through the rest of the plot? Cause you no, that's basically it. it. That, I mean, that's literally it. That's, yeah. That's, and also, how many credits did Anakin give R2? So, okay, so he, it was four each yes. for f- four fruit, so it was 16. And then the guy said, out of nowhere, no, it's 32, so he doubled it. And 3 was just like, okay. And afterwards, they're like, okay, we have eight credits. So he, g- they gave him, he gave him 40 credits. Not including the cab ride. If there was a cab ride. I'm still wondering how they got maybe home. Maybe just like R2 hovered oh, jet them back. around. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, that's legit transportation. Yeah. Actually, now that you mention it. Well, there you go. I'm smart. Um, yeah. Uh, but it's just... Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's one of those episodes where it's just like... It's really silly. And I think we had more fun poking at it than we did watching it. Yeah. And you may think that we skipped over some stuff. That's the entire episode, what yeah, we that, just talked about. I even felt like, oh, wow, it's already over. Yeah. Like, when when it was done, it felt like it wasn't even 22 minutes. Yeah. And they get they get the Jogan fruit back to uh, oh, the kitchen. Oh, yeah. I was one, oh, yeah, yeah. The droid sure. picks them up, puts four on top of well, the Well, he counts it. One, two, three, four. And then the droid takes it away. And the the rabbit droid and all his friends just go, yay! yay! And it is the cutest <laughs> thing in the world. Oh man! It got me. <laughs> They're so cute. Oh. Like I wanted to rewind and watch that like fifty times. It's it so, so cute. cute. They remind me of the aliens from Toy Story, kind of. Oh. Right. Um. Yeah, I think I think that was one of the more enjoyable moments. Yeah, because th- there was some cute in there. Yeah, I mean, again, it's a fun episode. It's laid back and silly, and obviously, it's simple. Yeah. I mean, and but I think I think we had more fun. Yeah. Like, you know, poking at it. Of, yeah. Okay, like, what was Cad Bane's plan? Yeah. Did I mean? It, there's just so much with this that. I mean, yeah, you could call it nitpicking, but it's also it's just fun commentary. Yeah. Well, there's also a really cute moment. Well, it's not. It's. Heroic, because R2's a hero, mm-hmm. when uh, Toto the droid and his IG model are... Uh, yeah, I want to yeah. say, it, here, here's the thing, it, the nerds out there that are saying, it's Kronos, I don't know if it's Kronos, I can't tell him and the other IG model apart, okay? Yes, that's they why look, we just call him IG. They look exactly alike. Exactly. Um, they're, they've got the same paint job and everything, Kronos, so... Kronos, Dextros, who knows? Who knows? Um... So they're talking about, you know, oh, we, we've got C-3PO, we're going to have to dismantle him. <laughs> and so R2, hiding behind a trash can, just goes, <sighs> guess I'm going to save C-3PO I've got to save Goldenrod. And knocks over the trash can right. so that they find him. That was cute. Now, well, and before that, so when R2 runs away, 
um, he runs into a dark alley behind yeah. some trash cans, and the IG model comes around and sees a droid and stuns it. And it's not R2, but there's also a RA droid right there. And he's like, murderers! That's so funny. <laughs> Even though he was stunned. Yes. Now, if they actually killed him, like... Yeah. What if it was R2? Yeah, also R2 knocks over an entire fruit stand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> he pulls it over with his little anchor. The, yeah, there's just a lot going on that's fun. And I, I think most of it has to do with R2 and droids that make it fun. Oh, it's all R2. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like um, the R2 Come Home episode where he's sent to go get Mace and Anakin help. Yeah. Uh, and such. There he is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it's just one of those where it's like, you could call it out for being simple and just being about hijinks, but it's also really enjoyable. What have we got? So. Like, I'm looking at... <laughs> Scrolling through Google on alien species of Star Wars, what if we got, like, a Muppet Babies series with just miniature Star Wars alien species? <laughs> It'd work. It would work. Uh, sure. Apparently, <laughs> apparently Gonzo is part of the Star Wars universe. No. That's not canon. No. No. Well, there's there was, like, Mu Star Wars Muppets or something. Yeah. Right? Or Sesame Street? I can't tell those dang puppets apart. Um, so yeah, anyway, that was an episode we thought would... Uh, well, we only talked about it about 12 minutes. The other 12 was probably about the animation and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, we're going to transition into the Banking Clan, and then we'll be back with the rest of our episodes. The moon! Alright guys, so as always we have some Amazon goodies for you and so if you check out the description of this episode whenever you're done listening you'll see all of those goodies and you can find even more over on Amazon. Uh, we're happy to be able to share Amazon goodness with you uh, on each of our episodes so that you can uh, enjoy this Star Wars podcast and head over to Amazon and find other Star Warsy stuff that you can add to your life because nothing makes us happier than online shopping. Puppies. Online shopping. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find all the usual stuff like uh, a 30-day free trial for Amazon Prime with two-day free shipping on most things, meaning you get all of your goodness from Amazon a lot quicker. Uh, you also get various discounts and offers and coupons and deals. They really hike up the perks to make it worth it to go Prime. Yeah. Um, and there's also different versions of Prime, so you can get Mm -hmm. regular Prime where you can just get all kinds of products, two-day shipping, deals, and discounts, and all that stuff. But you can also get Amazon Prime Video where you can watch such things as Heroes of the Empire, which is a documentary about the 501st Garrison and their charity work. You can also subscribe to shows like Star Wars Resistance over on Amazon Prime Video, so you can sign up for a free trial of that as well. And you can also get groceries delivered to your house. You can also get discounts on student textbooks. There's all kinds of Prime to fit all kinds of life. So check it out in the description to see which one fits your life most. Um, we also have a 30-day uh, trial for Audible. You can check out a link in the description to check out Audible free for 30 days. And when you sign up, you get two books free. And every month after that, you get one book free. 
Um, part of what we're recommending, or what I'm recommending, um, this episode, because it pertains to one of our characters, uh, I'm encouraging you guys, if it be on Audible or be the physical purchase of the item, you can check out the book uh, Dark Disciple by Christy Golding. Um, the book pertains to a certain Jedi and certain other characters that I can't really talk about much because Megan doesn't know about them. But if you're not satisfied with how Quinlan Voss shows up in these episodes and that we don't have enough Quinlan Voss to talk about, read the book. You get a lot more Quinlan Voss, and in about a month or two when we talk about it on the show, you'll be all up to date and caught up, and you'll have a new uh, ship to ship. So, there oh you go. It's over on Audible, um, uh, but you can also, we have a link for the physical copy if you prefer to read classically um, you know, your books rather than listen to them. You can do that, uh, but Christy Golden has written several amazing books in the Star Wars fandom, both Legends and Canon. She writ wrote uh, Inferno Squad about Aiden Versio and her team and the founding of her team, which is a prequel to the Battlefront Two story campaign. Really great book. Um, she also wrote several Legends books, including the uh, books in the Fate of the Jedi series. Um, so, all that to say, if you check out Dark Disciple, like it, check out some of uh, uh, Golding's other great books, and all that good stuff. Um, but all those links are in the description, guys, so be sure to check those out. Get you some deals and support the show while you're doing it. That be all. Uh, so we'll move it on around and then get back to the show. Alright, so moving on from that Jugendfruit Madness, we get to Season 1, Episode 22. So we're taking a hike back and... Uh, this is Hostage Crisis. Yeah. Speaking of Jugendfruit Madness, do you remember that episode of Avatar? <laughs> <laughs> um, a mor the a moral, the moral uh, of the episode is a secret shared is trust formed. Hey John. The secret shared in this is a lightsaber. I feed the bed in eighth grade. There you go. Secret shared, trust formed. <laughs> that, I don't that know about that. Truth. That was a joke. Um. Yeah, I mean, pretty straightforward. Uh, doesn't yeah. really have much to do with this. One. I mean, it's it's talking yeah. about the lightsaber, also, but yeah, secret shared gives your enemies your enemies leverage. Well, that sounds like this thought of a person that's been hurt by sharing secrets. <laughs> I just Haven't did. we all? <laughs> um, so the opening narration for this episode is danger looms. Despite recent victories in the outer rim, criminal minds plot to the very heart of the Republic. The bounty hunter Cad Bane has assembled some of the deadliest criminals in the galaxy and plans a daring attack to seize members of the Senate. What can the aim of the despicable act be? A lot. A lot of criminal minds in these narrations. Yeah, they, like, they, 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 they like, keep saying they like certain lines. words. They like certain words. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all I can think. But really, I mean, the only A-list in his team in this one is Aura Singh, really. Right. And she's just... She's a talking head at this point. Well, she doesn't even talk. Yeah, they, she didn't even have a voice, voice actress in this. She mm. was just a character model for this. Yeah, also we get Orn Frita in this. Shut up, Papa King. Literally. I don't think the doors will open, sir. That's literally <laughs> his voice, guys. Like, when that happened, I looked at you. Oh, so, um, you know, we mentioned uh, the fact that, you know, early on in season they couldn't 
render character models and new character models. Yeah. Uh, and this was actually a, a circumstance of that. It was supposed to be Masamita, mm-hmm. uh, but they hadn't created his character model yet, and they couldn't afford to. Um, but they already had uh, Ornfrey Ta, so they just put him in there. Um, so if it seems weird for Ornfrey Ta to be the one being like, oh, you should check this message out, uh, also, that's because yeah. <laughs> that's that's because it was weird. It's very weird. It's like we'll we'll talk about it in a minute, but the fact that Ornfrey Ta is the one doing all this is very weird to me. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was just because yeah. of what they could do with the show. True. I mean, it's it's one of those things that, like, it doesn't make sense in-universe. Yeah. But for us, knowing production stuff, yeah, we we get a glimpse of, okay. Yeah. Also, seeing Orton Freetaw without his sexy ladies, always right, a welcome yes. sight. Well, they, they, they blew the budget on Aura Singh, apparently, <laughs> so. Apparently. Um, so, time travel! We're back in season one now. We gotta get back in time. We gotta get back to the 80s, John. Uh, after getting his schematics, we get to see what uh, these schematics will be used for and who would have guessed it's gonna be for something bad. Of course. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't pay attention to what we called this arc in the first few minutes of this mm-hmm. episode, you won't know. Well, you probably already know. Uh, in reality, everyone saw this episode and wasn't season three. Uh, we got to see how Bane got to the plans he needed to break in, so that's why he knew who Skywalker was, as we said earlier. And we get to find out, finally, what happened to Zero the Hut after the blackout. Yes? The breakout. The breakout. Uh, yes, the plan all along, Bane was there to orchestrate the release of everyone's favorite purple hut. Mm-hmm. Jeez Louise, there's so much zero in this episode. It's too bright out here. <laughs> That's not I even... I haven't seen the sun in 30 days or something, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> it's like, been a while. It's been a while. He's been locked up since the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Well, I mean, he just came back from the last week's episode with when he hired Aura to kill Padme. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, yeah, it's not... By the way, it's not explained. Aura was in jail. It's not. Now she's not. Nope. Yep. And, and... We get it. I think this is the last time we see her. Yeah. So, there you go. Yay! <laughs> how, how how climactic of her final episode. Right. We get, like, a little... little bit in the last episode, I think, of Jabba hiring... Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. So, at the end... We forgot about that. Yeah, at the end... Um, Bane delivers the schematics, and then Jabba lets him hang out while he has a meeting with the other huts. Yeah. And then when they're like, oh, who would possibly break out Zero, then of course it's roll out the red carpet for Cad Bane. He signs up for it. Yeah. Obviously. Um, yeah. It, I love seeing huts, except for Zero. <laughs> well, and l- luckily Zero. for... for <laughs> The next episode, get a lot more. Hunt. I know. I was very excited, um, and we really get to see how easy it is to just walk up and take out the guards of the Senate building. They didn't really do much. Right. No cameras. No nothing. <laughs> uh, and and well, one of them radios in and is like, "What's that commotion?" So you, yeah, knew something was going on, but you don't have visual of it. Yeah. Also, he's got commando droids with him. Well, for a few minutes. I, oh well, yeah. Well, and then yeah, he leaves them to put on the armor. Mm-hmm. 
for some that never nothing comes, comes up. up. <laughs> nothing that doesn't serve any purpose as far as we know. Yeah, I'm sorry that we keep dunking on this episode, but it's warranted. Well, it was it's it was just one of those things where it's like it they took a cool element of the commander droids being able to impersonate. Yes. That and, I think we saw in season 1. Yeah, uh with rookies, yes. Yes. Um so we get to see a cool element, but it really doesn't ha- have a purpose other than just being cool. As far as I understand it. I don't I didn't see that yeah. come... There there didn't seem to be any plan or purpose to doing that. Yes. No rhyme or reason. Um, so, yeah. That was the plan. Um, we see... Uh, we see him and the gang head inside, and his gang is, I guess, the recently free Orasing, I guess. Or we didn't get just... The, I mean, <laughs> what know. would have been better is, you know, instead of spending an episode on freaking Jugendfruit, <laughs> Give us an episode explaining how she got out of jail, because exactly. that was probably more interesting. Yeah, did she just, like, get a lawyer? Or something? I don't think we've ever seen a lawyer in Star Wars. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she just did the Bundy route, just jumped off her top bunk for a while, strengthened her legs, and then just jumped out of her prison cell? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I yeah. bet it didn't involve Jugendfruit, though. It's very true. <laughs> Uh, man, that Bundy documentary is still, like, fresh in my mind, if you couldn't tell. Um, we get a techie fish guy named Robobino. Yep. Robobino. Technically, he was the first appearance of his species. I don't remember the name. But because of chronological order, we saw another one of his species prior to this. Yeah. Who had a part in stealing, uh, or, uh, Ahsoka's lightsaber. Yeah. He's also got the same voice as the little weird monster from... I can't remember if it's... It's the Black Cauldron. No, it's not the same. It's very similar. It is very similar. I don't even remember what that thing's name is. I don't know, but I don't think it was that. How scary was the Black Cauldron as a kid? Not really. I thought it was great. It's great, but, like, it spooked me. Mm -mm. I didn't like that. I used to request vigorously to watch that movie I, I enjoyed it man it was up there for like quest for camelot with me good movie of like i i want to see this i didn't watch that until we got married really yep oh my gosh I you haven't seen movie. the last unicorn or the swan princess i don't feel like i'm missing anything by not watching those though <laughs> you take that back if you if you if you say you love disney movies but haven't seen quest for camelot or anastasia what is wrong with you, you don't know you don't know good musical animation which, Anastasia was not a Disney film when we were children. No, it wasn't. But now it is, technically. Really? They own Anastasia. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's but yes, to, to us as kids, it was top tier, non-Disney musical animation. And yeah. real, uh, uh, Quest for Camelot, so great too. Yeah. Uh, so many good movies. Sword in the Stone, another great yes, one. Yes, another good one. Yeah. Is that That's Disney though, right? That's Disney, okay. yes. Getting turned into a squirrel, getting... Your squirrel on, you know. <laughs> um, anyway, I still don't. I would have to look it up, but I don't think it's the same voice. I I'm not saying like it's the same voice actor, but like, no. It's I, very I, well, yeah, I don't think T. Bradley Baker. Would. I can't even do it. Oh, yes, good. I'm just gonna do that little thing and just. That's very similar to your zero voice. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing like my zero voice. Okay. I just make the set he- same head movements. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry, unlimited what? <laughs> unlimited power. 
<laughs> we have fun here. Anyway, um, and he also has a couple weak wagons, which he probably just like, hey, Hondo, got some guys? You want me well, to they, some guys? they're commonly employed. They're ruffians. It's it's really they're scruffians. It's really tough to think about, but there are certain species in Star Wars that, for story element, it's just because they're easy <clears throat> characters to throw in specific situations. Yes, Star Wars is racist. Yes, but yes, because if you look at it in universe, there's several species. Species. Uh, xenophobic. Um, it's a better word. There's. Several species that seem to only exist for a particular trade. Yeah. You've got Nikto and Wikwayans and uh, that seem to be... Yeah. Um, oh, and... Oh, gosh. What is it? Um, Devronian? Nope. Nope. Don't say anything. Because it'll throw me off. <laughs> okay. Um, Klaatuinian. Um, okay. You've got Klaatuinian, Nikto's, and Wikwayans who are all gangsters. They're all pirates, bounty hunters. Yeah. They're all ruffians. I wasn't far off with pineapple because they're all very <laughs> Um And, I mean, you don't really see... I mean, now, to be fair, we do yeah. see uh, Wikwayan Jedi. Yeah. We do see Nikto Jedi. You know, we see exceptions, but it's like... Yeah. It, I mean, it's almost like with you, how you've mentioned with uh, Twi'leks where yep. it's like... Their species seems to exist for a profession. Yeah. Uh, and I, I long for a day when we can break out of that a little bit more. Because, yeah. again, yeah, Ayla Sakura is a Jedi. Yeah. But, you know, and we, of course, now have Hera, um, the pilot. It, but they're mm-hmm. exceptions. And I don't, I don't, I want to get to a point where it's an exception for them to be a slave worker. It's an exception for a Wakwayan to be a pirate. Get to a point where... Yeah. We see them being more normal cuz it just it just it seems odd that certain species are constantly um typecast. Mm-hmm. To be honest and to be kind of not optimistic, pessimistic. Um I don't think that's going to happen until art imitates life. You know what I mean? Well, I I think it's, I mean, I kind of get what you're saying. I think it's more until it really just becomes story worthy. Yeah, I get you. I I think because the reason they keep getting typecast is because it it works for the stories. Mm -hmm. Until they get to a point where they want to tell that kind of story, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But. I'd love to see just like Aura Singh snap on somebody. What do you mean? Like, I don't know. Like, she hears the clones whispering something behind their hands or something, and she just turns around and just absolutely rips them apart. With words, not mean, with lightsaber. Did you mean to say Aura Singh? Yes, I did. Beans. No, wait. No, wait. No, 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 no. No, I did not. Ayla Secura. There you go. Jeez Louise, I'm sorry. Well, now, uh, you know, that would actually be... It's a lot of A's. It would actually yeah. be quite the story to have. I mean, because... Yeah. Aleph wears very Twi'lek clothing. Yes. You know, I mean... It's, it's hot on that planet. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not abnormal for her species to wear that. It's yeah. very non-traditional for a Jedi, but it'd be interesting to have that brought up of, yeah. like... And again, I don't think we'd ever get this story, but... Yeah. Or, uh, I almost did it. 
um, Ayla putting someone in their place of like, you don't know my people's history. You don't. Mm-hmm. You you don't. You're like everyone else my in the galaxy. My culture is not your prom dress. <laughs> right. You're, you're like everybody else in the galaxy Sorry. that thinks I'm only good for one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I, I long for. See. I I would love that yeah. one day. Because I think if anything gets her, it would be something like that. Because mm-hmm. she's very Jedi. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, she's. I mean, she's very Jedi. She's very mm-hmm. by the book, um, which is also part of why it is surprised. Now in canon, she is. It it in legend, she's a bit more. As most Jedi were, were a little bit more. They leaned into their very heroic kind of uh, style, very yeah. comic book hero style, um, and her being an originating character from comics. Um, it worked, but I mean, the thing is, they really didn't have an establishment yeah. of good Jedi or uh, rule-abiding Jedi, so they kind of just are like, well, they're the heroes of the story, so let's make them act like heroes kind of thing. Yeah. But, anyway. Have we talked about the episode at all? <laughs> we, we started, and then we got on. Sorry. The Raisin Heads got us started on a, on something. Yeah. Um... He also has a couple of IG droids. Um, yes, one of them is Kronos. One of them is Kronos. The other one is uh, Bononos. Kronos <laughs> um, and Bononos. <laughs> having a good time. Um, while this is happening, Anakin and Padme are having a moment. Or at least Anakin is. <laughs> Padme is trying to work on something important because, you know, she's a freaking senator. And everyone's at war right now. Uh, but Anakin just wants a vacation. He just wants a hey, vacation, Padme. That's, that's You're all so I You're so judgy. I'm so judgy. He pulls... Oh my gosh, this got to me during the episode when we first watched it. He starts kind of manipulating Padme. And she's smart enough to not, like, go for it. But he's... Trying to get his way by saying, oh, so work's more important than me, huh? Yeah, Yeah, it's... If you do that to someone you love, you're a butt face. It's one of those things where it's very simple if you haven't been in a relationship uh, or been around people that constantly use that kind of manipulation. And if you call it anything other than manipulation, it's not right because that's what it is. Exactly. And casually doing it it's not okay. Makes it worse because you think it's okay manipulation. Because yeah. all you're trying to do is get a vacation. All you're trying to do is get them to agree. With, and you're you're trying to get your way. And it's, yeah. it's and very he, wrong. Yeah. And he keeps kind of like digging into it and being like, oh, so I'm not as important. Right. You and this and, he, and she's me. like, and she's like, that's not what I mean. And he's, and, and, or, or she says like, she goes to say something else. She says, but, and he's like, no, no buts. And it's just, it's. It's not great relationship yeah. building. I know that that's what they're trying to do. I know that for kids, this probably didn't catch anybody. Yeah. But. But for adults in a healthy relationship. <laughs> well, that sounds braggy. But yeah. I mean, for, for for adults that have had relationships that have been both positive and negative. Yes. Because um, this isn't yeah. just in a romantic relationship. This can appear in friendships. This can appear in work relationships. Yeah. Um, it can, you know, because one of the, it's just, it's the same thing of saying, don't you love your job? You know, don't you like that we pay you for what you do? So why do you have a problem doing this? 
Yeah. You know, it's backing you into a corner. Um, you know, it's like, don't you like coming over to my house and hang out? So why don't you just play the games I want to play? Yeah. It, it It's those Ooh. things where it puts you in a corner of, if you say no to this, you're the bad guy. Yeah. And again... That's not healthy. It's not healthy. And they're just trying to make a point that Anakin want. I mean, there there's lots you can yeah. glean from this, okay? Of course, Anakin would want to be able to break out of the war and, and just be able to step away. Mm-hmm. But, if anything, this interestingly shows his... I mean, I almost, almost hate to say it, but this shows what the Jedi mean when attachments are bad. Yeah. He doesn't care what she's working on. He doesn't care what she's doing. He cares about being able to be married for once and just be able to enjoy her company for a mm-hmm. week and so forth and so on. And it shows how his attachment to her and their relationship has become negative. Yeah. And again, I mean, it might be looking too deep into it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just trying to be like, well, he just wants her to go on vacation with him. Yeah, and it's it, very easy to stay on that. Right. And that that can be all it is, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's also worth warning to say that's mm-hmm. not how you should try and get someone to see your side of things. Yeah. Him wanting a vacation with his wife is not the problem. No. It's how he's trying to force her into it and how it, it really is selfish given the bigger picture. Yeah. So I mean, because it could have been, hey, let her finish her work today. You know, mm-hmm. first of all, stop interrupting her and let her do her job today. Yeah. And maybe y'all could go on vacation tomorrow. You don't need to give her your lightsaber. Right. Well, that was a whole stupid thing. That was really dumb. <laughs> it's like, this weapon is my life. And it is my life. And I'm giving it to you. So let's go on vacation. Exactly. That doesn't change. That's not your argument, Anakin. No. Also, he says, you know, we'll be, it's just two weeks. We'll be gone and back before they know we're gone. They would notice. Right. Anakin. I'm like. They would notice a senator and a, and a <laughs> Jedi. Right. Well, I mean. Leaving. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things. Like I said, this is the one time. I, well, I won't say it's the one time, but it's, it's, it's a time that we can really see what the Jedi were warning yeah. against. Yeah. But at the same time, I can understand how Anakin yeah. has fallen into this kind of relationship rhythm because, you know, we mentioned in our 10 Things episode. They haven't really gotten to be married. They haven't yeah. gotten to be a couple and develop and grow because he's yeah. constantly away or she's constantly working on something. So I can understand how he hasn't learned how to healthily express what he wants in the relationship. Yeah. I mean, they're kids, for Pete's sake. It's, you know, they're kids. They're adults. They're, they're adults. Yeah. I can't really say anything. You can't say anything. I can't say You were anything. Anakin's age when we got married. I was 19 when we got married. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I'm, but, I mean, in terms of having relationship, yeah. they're young in the sense that they haven't yeah. even properly given... I mean, first of all, I, I mean, think of... I mean, I mean, and we keep getting off topic, but think about the fact, like, they haven't really seen each other and kept contact for 10 years. All of a sudden, then, everything comes boiling yeah. up, and they're like, you know what? Let, everything's going crazy. Let's just do this thing. Yeah. Let's just find peace in each other. Let's find love in each other, and let's be happy uh, as much as we can. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, but again, they're they haven't given, they haven't had a lot of time in the relationship, yeah. and then he's instantly shipped off to war. 
and he's yeah. there every now and then, and usually the most time they spend together, he's rescuing her, or she's rescuing herself, and he's there, and... <laughs> that does happen a lot. So how much time have they actually been able to spend mm-hmm. working on their relationship? Yep. And so, we can say, well, that's that's the negatives of attachment, but we can also say, well, that's not learning to ha- how to have positive attachment yeah. either. And also, you gotta think, Anakin didn't grow up in a nuclear family. Nope. He had his mom and Papa Palpatine. Right. Many, many, <laughs> many, many... many <laughs> have have I ever told you the tragedy of my first date? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's probably Your the... Your mom was asleep. <laughs> the, that, oh! <laughs> Gross. Plagueis. Um, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. just a, there's a lot of factors, but I think our stance is clearly, this is creepy... Not healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do this to anyone you love yeah. or Please. care about. And if someone you love is doing this to you, recognize it for what it is. Have a conversation. Manipulation. Be like, I love you. This is not okay. Right. Like, <laughs> me doing my job... I mean, to be fair, Padme did this to Anakin. Um, gosh, I can't remember what episode specifically. But there was an episode where he finally got to be home... Right. And the Jedi Council called him. He'd already blown off the Jedi Council a few times. Yeah. And they're like, all right, where are you? And he, so he finally was like, ugh, I have to go. I'm late already. Yeah. Um, and she gets mad. And it's like, he said he'd already blown them off to stay with you. He, like, he, he clearly wanted to spend yeah. time with you, but it's also wartime. He has to. Yeah. Oh, it was the Clovis thing because it he was. was he was like war you know this stuff comes first and then she throws that back at him when she tries to do this mission and he's like you can't and over That's and season o- two. <laughs> over and over we see yeah all right this, these are examples of why communication is important yes. and and so much more you guys got to work on this right you got a workaholic with well i guess they're both workaholics yeah they're both justified workaholics because they got a lot to do. Yeah. Yeah. Be so there anyway. for your spouse. So Padme has his lightsaber. Yeah. It's great. Um, but they're all smoochy. Smoochy boochy. Oh, right. Uh, can I, okay, can I also just say I don't like when they kiss in the show. No, it's weird. I don't know why. There are sound effects. Well, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know why, but seeing cartoon characters be romantic, I've never liked. I've just never liked romance in animation. I'm weird. You are I weird. understand, but it's just one of those things. I, I've never quite liked... It's not that I don't like them being romantic. It's when it becomes physical affection like that. When, yeah, because they're all ki- over each other. When cartoons kiss, it's weird for me. Just I'm going to leave it speech. at that. I'm just going to say that. Every time they do that, I just I cringe... I don't know what it is, but there you go. Yeah. That's that's information you didn't have and probably didn't need, but there you go. You're not a shipper. Um, oh, I'm a shipper. Ooh, what's your OTP, John? My your, what? Your one true pairing. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um. Mine was bubbling, but then it became canon. I can't even think of their names. Uh, oh, jeez. It's so old, and I haven't seen the show in forever, but I I got ticked off when it 
it's one of those things where it's like they eventually do get together, but it's Yarr. the whole freaking show is about them barely getting there, and then at the very end it actually happens or something. Was it Psych? No, it was, um, oh, I can't even remember. It's the brown-haired kid and the goth chick from Code Lyoko. Oh! I can't remember their names, though. I'll, the only one I remem- remember is Odd, because his name is Odd. <laughs> That's so funny! Um, but that was one, like, I was... Oh, it was, as you know, as a kid, with that, and with uh, Beast Boy and Terra. Mm. Those two made me mad. Really? Oh, yes. Beast Boy and Raven. No. Why? Terra. I freaking love Terra. She was just Fine. the sweetest, precious angel, and she but deserved she love. Got bad. She got... It's tragic! It's so freaking tragic! And then she forgets him, and he just lets it go, and it's just like, no! You pursue that! You go after that! That frustrated me, because they deserve to be together. Hey guys, what's your OTP? <laughs> oh, so that's man. the... I, so, so I'm yeah. all about shipping. I just don't like... I don't like animated romance. I don't yeah. like... Mabel and Marmando. <laughs> Who? You haven't watched Gravity Falls. No. Um... <laughs> Waddles yeah, so those are the major ones. I think... No. It's not an episode. Uh, Waddles and the goat with a very human name that always made me laugh, but I don't remember what the goat's name is. Is this also Gravity Falls? Yes. Oh, okay. Waddles is the pig that you like. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bale walks in on some smoochy time, but Anakin ducks under the desk. Uh, Bale or Gunner, Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not talking about Dog the Bounty Hunter. Um, huh? Is that his name? No. Oh. They're Bail Bondsmen. Uh, <laughs> that's a reference. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think There's anybody... There's not a lot to talk about. I don't, I don't know that anybody made that conclusion of <gasps> Bail Bonds. <laughs> Get down on the ground. You gotta give your life to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. That's gosh. all that Dog the Bounty Hunter is, and I used to love watching. Oh. Okay, anyway. Padme, Bale, and the other senators gather to discuss the bill and our, uh, that we talked about in the last episode, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, they are interrupted when Bane and his cohorts arrive. Uh, the plan is to hold the senators hostage in order to get Zero released. It's a pretty solid plan, I yeah. guess. Um... It's a simple plot that is only made longer by Anakin getting involved and attempting to save the day twice, I think. What do you mean? No, 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 never mind. He, he just flips in and he's like, hey, you have, that's my wife. But he <laughs> well, doesn't no. Say, no, he doesn't. Um, he gets spotted. Yeah, well, he just wanders in and then, um... <laughs> Gets spotted by Cad. Yeah. Uh, and then he runs away. One of the IG models chases him and a Wequan. He takes out the droid, and the Wequan finds it, and he's like, oh, no saber, Mox. He yeah. must not have his lightsaber. Yeah. And it's like, that's a big conclusion. Yeah. But it's true. Um, Anakin doesn't really do anything. And the whole time... Bail, uh, Padme's like turning to Bale and like I have a secret <laughs> <laughs> well first of all I don't think they were searching them I think they were just gonna be like yeah, give us just, your communication exactly. devices 
Because I didn't see them searching anybody. And she, like, turns to Bill. She's like, I can't search me. Um, I have a secret. And then she makes matters worse when he, you know, it's like, he doesn't have his lightsaber. And she's like, I have his lightsaber. It's like, what? Why do you have his lightsaber? Yeah. Why would you mention that, Padme? Exactly. Like, Bale's like, wait, Wait, what? what? <laughs> um, <laughs> Why do you have his lightsaber? Only people who don't. And right. that's the moment Bale uh, realized. No. Uh, yeah, so all Anakin does really is eventually gets caught. He doesn't stop anything. He doesn't change anything. He doesn't rescue anybody. He gets caught. Yeah, he gets caught. He gets stunned by yeah. the little fish dude. Yeah. Which, dude. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> the I mean, fish dude. They just, again, they needed to pad for time, really. His name is Robo Bilbo. Robo Bino. <laughs> I liked one better. <laughs> Robo Bilbo. That's the that's Robo, the Bo, 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 Bo. <laughs> that's the Hobbit sequel, where Bilbo faces his truest enemy himself. Mecha Bilbo. Mecha Bilbo. <laughs> it's just a giant Bilbo, just with some monkey people inside. <laughs> oh man, if you haven't seen Mecha Godzilla, what are you doing with your life? Um. So, Bane is twisting Palpatine's arm to get what he wants. I will say, I think the only reason Palpatine was mad, like he was mad. With this whole like new, we are not negotiating with you know like yeah. it was a it was a really big like uh, measurement challenge yeah. between him and Bane, uh, and I think part of that is only because so tactful. Palpatine didn't know about any of this. Yeah, like this is this is not a Palpatine plot. This is a this is a Hut plot, and so I think he's just like, Bruh. what? <laughs> What are these little slugs doing trying to take my purple collection or something? Like it's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just like I think he just as that's a, my hut as as the mastermind. He's like somebody else is doing something evil. No, <laughs> I think he was just challenged in yeah. that moment. I don't know. Well, Orn Frita is also challenged in a different way. Um, I just love food so much. Your know. people are starving. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> You're supposed guy. to be frustrated. That's the I po- know. That's the whole point. Is he? He's he is lofty excess. in life, and yeah. while his people, I mean, it, it's a stereotype of politicians. Yeah. So. Harris and Dula would be so mad. She'd be so mad. She spoke French. Mm. Um, we didn't mention that Bane shoots a senator. Yeah. Well, they basically <laughs> reuse the character model from uh, the Gungan Jedi episode, or yeah. no, um. It's Uncle What's-His-Face. Uncle? Padme's Uncle What's-His-Face. No, no, no. He doesn't shoot, uh, he doesn't shoot... No, I mean the character model. Mm-mm. No. Her, huh? her, uh, Anaconda Far is actually there. Well, you can see why I didn't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's actually, he appears in the background several times. Um, he, so he's in the background. It's the senator that goes with Jar Jar... To negotiate Obi-Wan and Anakin being released from and Hondo. He yes. And he dies in the crash because he of hijinks. So many things. Um, it's literally the same model, but purple. It's so funny how many reused models they use in this show. Um, but yeah, he, so he gets yeah. killed. Because he, like, what did he expect? 
I know, right? We will not be, we are not going to listen to this, and he just walks away like nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Of course you're going to get shot. Exactly. Um, well, Palpatine thinks he's all clever, and he'll get the bounty hunters before they can escape, but Bane reveals that he rigged a trap that will blow up the hostages if they try anything, which is literally just lasers. Which, uh, well, no, it's so later. that they couldn't run away. Right. They would have gotten chopped up by the lasers, but the, the actual mechanism had bombs in it, too, so that it would also kill them. Yes. Lots um, of ways to die. Yeah. Luckily, Anakin wakes up from his, uh, his sleepy nap time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Padme reveals that she found his lightsaber where he I dropped th- it. Right. I'm like, <laughs> You what? know, on my desk when we were canoodling. <sighs> yeah. And it's in such a way that Bale's like, mm. Well, and then he wakes up from being unconscious and he's, he's you know, like, oh, why are you so sad, beautiful, or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. and she has to catch her, she's like, shut up, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. It's like, um, he's really not good at this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so she burns his chains off. First time you see Padme using a lightsaber? I guess so. Yeah. Only time. Maybe. Um, and in a very, I did not see this coming, but I guess that works moment. Uh, Anakin, before the bomb is starting to go off, he sticks his lightsaber into the floor and starts running around in a circle around the senator. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they fall to safety. Something tells me that's a Qui-Gon plan. Maybe. Yeah. It's just one of those things like... I mean, I guess that worked because they weren't on the bottom floor. Because if it was the bottom floor, that would be the foundation. You don't, like, yeah. that wouldn't work. But Also, who's going to fix that hole, Anakin? Yeah. Who's um, going to fix it? Republic credits? Republic credits are no good here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. so I mean, it worked, though. Yep, they do not get blowed up. Um, but, in the end, Zero is free. But we are still left wondering... What the heck was the point of that episode? <laughs> yep. And who hired Bane and gang? Well, we know that. Uh, luckily, we don't have to wait a whole season to find out. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Because we're about to talk about it now. Yeah. So we've taken these episodes that we said we weren't probably going to have a lot to talk about, and we've had a lot to talk about, we've... mostly because we keep getting off topic. <laughs> we didn't talk about the episode. <laughs> well, we talk about the episode, but yeah. we take time to talk about other things that this episode brings about. Yeah, like like OTPs. Right. We're going to talk about someone's OTP in a minute. Huh? Someone out there. Huh? Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, smooches. Who smooches? That's this episode, right? The Hunt for Zero? Yeah. Is the episode of what? I don't know what you're hinting at. Zero and his girlfriend are smooching. Oh. Which Ma- is gross. You're like one of five people that hasn't seen these episodes until recently, so... I know. It's not like you're spoiling it. I know. Still, it's gross. But yes. Uh, Who? Sure, somebody it? ships it. Not me. So, but yeah. yeah, we don't have to wait a season because we're about to talk about it right now. Yep. Moving on to our last episode, we are in season three again, episode nine, "The Hunt for Zero," the episode for which this uh, Clone Wars rewatch is titled, and this arc is titled. Yeah. Uh, the moral is: love comes in all shapes and sizes. Yes, it do. And if that doesn't make sense why that would be a moral for this episode, then you haven't seen the episode. Boy, howdy, are you in for some weirdness. 
Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, the opening narration is, A Great Escape. Cad Bane and his notorious crew of bounty hunters liberated Zero the Hut from Republic Prison after holding the Galactic Senate hostage. The Jedi Council has assigned Obi-Wan Kenobi to retrieve Zero the Hut with the help of Jedi Knight Quinlan Voss. Unknown to the Jedi, excuse me, we find Zero in the clutches of the five Hut families on the distant world of Now Hutta. Yeah. There you go. Can I just say, with, yeah, my immediate thought when Quinlan Voss is uh, introduced, mm-hmm. I'm getting very Brendan Fraser in Encino Man vibes. I don't think I've seen you've that. Never seen that movie. Yeah. Hold on. If you've never seen that movie, it's about a caveman. Oh who, yeah. yeah. They they the students thaw him and try and pass him as a normal person, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. I didn't know that was the title. Brendan Fraser's got like dreadlocks, and he's all no, he doesn't. He's got just weird hair, and he's all weird. It's got Polly Shore in it. It's a very very oh, and Sean Astin. Forgot about that too. Hmm. Yeah, like very Encino man to me. Okay, that's a take. <laughs> it's a hot take. Is it Man or Tarzan here to me? Maybe it's just weird. Like, that's that was the, you know, wild man of my childhood is Tarzan with his, you know, tan and his dreads. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. I can't help I you. <laughs> Never mind. Let's just start over. <laughs> Hi, I'm her mom. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the episode opens and we finally get to see that it was the Hutt family who was behind this all along, which we already knew that. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. We didn't see why, we didn't know why they broke him out, though. Yeah, um, and it is because Zero apparently has some sensitive information about the Hutt council's escapades all documented in a hidden hollow diary of course it's a diary of course and why was he keeping track of all this i mean if your friends are doing nasty deeds it's a good idea to keep that so that they're on your side they were obviously not done dirt cheap do you see the amount of credits that java gives spain at the end of the oh first yeah so jeez louise mm-hmm. it's a briefcase most things are small you know what i mean yeah yeah anyway um we see quite the party as the huts are entertained while Zero sits in a jail cell. But we soon we soon remember, jeez <laughs> Louise, and we soon learn that the familiar singer Sight Snoodles is a former love interest of Zero and promises to help free him. Mm-hmm. We get a very nice dance sequence. Yeah, and yeah. the whole that whole opening is, is just a bunch of references. Yeah. Um, the huts themselves, a couple, uh, Marlo the Hut. Who is based on Marlon Brando? Looks like him too. Looks like the Godfather. You got Eric, who is based on American gangster Edward Robinson. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to get you oven mitts for I'm those sorry. hands. No, you're not. <laughs> uh, I have cracking knuckles. That all? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but the dance sequence uh, was based on a similar sequence in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yep. Um, the headdresses are actually based on, uh, so the headdresses yeah. the Twi'leks wear are, resemble huts, and it's based on the headdresses worn by performers during the Lion King musical. Hmm, lovely. Yeah. Um, um 
I just thought that I I yeah. thought that part was interesting because I had never really wondered about that. But yeah, we also get to see my favorite hut, Gardula the Hut, who was a bouse. Yeah, um, it was originally supposed to be Jabba, but they decided to replace Jabba with Gardula for no specific reason. Yeah, um, Gardula's a bouse. And Gardula actually appearing here contradicts the video game uh, Bounty Hunter, where uh, Django kills her. But what? they, um, well, she was fed to her crate dragon. What? So their synopsis is, the crate dragon threw her up. That's how they. That's how they were like, eh, it's not that big of a, not that big of a contradiction. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I mean, a hut probably doesn't taste good. Probably doesn't. No, I mean. We see Mama in a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, we don't talk about that one. Um, so, while Zero and Snoodles are plotting uh, on Nahutta, Obi-Wan is preparing to head their way with the help of Quinlan Voss in his premiere and basically only episode. Yeah. Joy. Uh, his intro really sets him up as the cool, rule-bending, laid-back Jedi, and he even quotes the dude from Big Lebowski, so you know he's a cool guy. Yeah. I actually never caught that before. Really? <laughs> yeah, until we watched it then. I'd never caught that that line. I don't know what it was. I don't know if I wasn't paying attention or what not, but... It's just your opinion, man. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an accurate response. I use it on a regular basis. You do. You almost use it as much as you say from a certain point of view, which is... Pretty much the same the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Think guess... about that for a second. Obi-Wan kind of rolls his eyes, but he basically said what Obi-Wan tends to say to people Yeah. from a different angle. like yeah. From a cool guy angle. Right. From not a... Not as eloquent. Yeah, he's not a regular Jedi. He's a cool Jedi. Right. Um, Obi-Wan and Quinlan head to Nahada because Voss's sources, that's a fun phrase to say, uh, say that that's where Zero was taken, even though he should be, a pr that, that would be a pretty good guess, anyway. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. Go, do I go home planet? Do I go not home planet? I mean, you know, Obi-Wan's not wrong to suspect, he's like, uh, you know, he's thinking Jabba the Hutt, so he's not quite wrong to want to check out Tatooine, but yeah. at the same time... If we went to Tatooine. I feel like it's too, it's too, uh, there's two guesses, yeah. Tatooine or Homeworld. I feel like if he went to Tatooine, he would have just, like, taken out a sack and just drug some sand into it just to throw at Anakin later. <laughs> Who? Obi-Wan? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Pocket sand! <laughs> if you think about it, that's an effective way of, like, keeping Anakin in his place. Just, like, pocket sand every now and then. Anyway, uh, they arrive and they don't really accomplish anything by talking to the huts. Quinlan is kind of sassy towards Gardula. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Obi-Wan is the charmer, as per usual. Yeah, and he says something interesting there, which we know he, we know, but yeah. it's just kind of like, mm. The Hutts are our allies. Yeah, I, I'm, gl I'm glad you knew what I was going to yeah. say. Because it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, we know that they, the Republic uses the Hutts and their trade routes, and, and yeah. basically the Hutts allow them to move about in the Outer Rim and everything. Yeah. But, um... For, to say they're allies, I, that was one where I was just like, mm, okay. Yep. That's uh, a take. Hot takes. Um, but Quinlan shows off his force skills when he finds a su suspicious cup on the floor, which we see Zero had earlier, um, and he senses that it was held by Zero the Hut. Um, yeah, Zero made a big mess earlier. Just, like, sloshing his drink everywhere. Mm -hmm. Blood face. 
didn't even clean it up. Just left it on the floor for the droids to get. What a jerk. Um, and Quinn then tells Obi-Wan that Zero is there, or at least was. Uh, Snoodles has already managed to break him out and starting, and they start to make their escape. Yeah, by the way, if you don't know who Snoodles is, like, that's it. She's the, um, lead singer in Jabba's band. Yes. Uh, that we see in Return of the Jedi. So, there you go. Special edition. Well, no, no, no. No? She's in there first. Yeah, she's in the original. I forgot about that. As a terrible puppet, which I don't know how people can consider that sequence better. (laughs) But have you seen the way that they operated the puppet? It's a sight to see. But still, I don't know how you can want that over the special edition dance sequence. You're right. Which again saw Ula's actress come back like 20 years later and still pull off the same look seamlessly. So uh, that's one of the special edition entries I'm thankful for, honestly. And Mm. I like the song. Yeah. But that's just me. Uh, I also like Jabba Flow. Uh, fun fact, that's that, Lin-Manuel that's Miranda. <laughs> that was mind-blowing. He yeah. literally just sh- walked up to J.J. Abrams and was like, hey, I want to write something. He's like, cool, we need you to write something. And it just <laughs> happened. And yeah. the vocals are actually Lin and J.J. a lot of the time. Like That's so funny. What? Crazy. I love just how many things Lin-Manuel Miranda has his fingers on right now. Like Mary Poppins. And he's a nice dude. Moana. Hamilton, quite possibly The Little Mermaid remake, Ooh. Star Wars. Jesus. That might be the only good thing about The Little Mermaid remake. I don't know. I don't know. There's a possibility know. that it could be Zendaya. I'd watch it just for that. Maybe. If Disney. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. Please. Disney, who is currently listening. All of Disney. Well, the FBI's listening. I imagine oh, that Disney's gosh. listening, too. Anyway. So, um, Quinlan shows off some of his psychometry um, to detect that Zero had, in fact, been there. And this is, uh, this and his tracking skills are mentioned later, which are a big element of his character in Legends and in the comics and everything. Uh, and part of what makes him such a kind of out-of-the-lines Jedi is because he's commonly put in scenarios most Jedi don't go into. He's kind of the private investigator Jedi. He's the one that they mm-hmm. send to check out the underworld stuff and really feel things out. And essentially, he can hold an object and through the Force be able to learn the history of that object. Hmm. Um, and it's also... Um, good or bad. Hmm? That could be good or bad. Well, uh, funny you mentioned that. So the Jedi Order actually were against Jedi being able to use psychometry using weapons. They didn't want them to use weapons because by default... They could sense all that their wep- they they feel extra. So yeah. they're not just using a weapon, but like that stays with them every time they handle that weapon kind of thing. Like Abe Sapien. Kind of. He can do that. So Or like you remember the sniffers from Push? From what? You remember that movie Push? With Hayden Christensen? No. With Chris Evans. <laughs> oh right. Yeah, that was actually a pretty Based good movie. Based on the novel pushed by satire. Okay. Um, no. Uh, no. Oh, Jumper is the one with Hayden. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. Okay. That was a good movie. Um, I've seen neither of those movies in a long time, so I don't understand your reference. But yeah. the the point being, you can't just... It's not like, oh, I shot a guy, but I kind of can choose to forget about it. No, every time you pick up your gun, you think about it. 
So they're kind of like, eh, that could probably be dangerous and lean somebody into the dark side because they feel a lot of things. Yeah. So, I It also just be empathy. But whatever. It's, it's, it's blurry, but it's a cool thing. And it just kind of gives him a skill that not many other Jedi have. Of course, in Legends, Luke Skywalker had it because in Legends, Luke Skywalker was just... Cool. (laughs) He just got, he had everything. He was the uber Jedi. Basically. Um... But, other than that, it was very exclusive. It was very, very rare. Um, like uh, Parcel Con. Sure, yeah. I'm just full of references today. Clearly. Um, and so, yeah, so it's just, it's they managed to make Quinlan feel like Quinlan in this, even if it is only his one appearance. Yeah. So that's at least appreciated. Can't wait till I'm able to read that book. Yeah, so if you... If you want more Quinlan Voss, if you're not satisfied with this and you haven't read Dark Disciple already, that's why it was mentioned in our Amazon bit, is because it's a great book, and it's full of Quinlan Voss, uh, which is wonderful. So uh, if you want more Quinlan Voss, you can read that, but you're not allowed to talk about any of it to Megan uh, or us at Nerd Herder until she's able to read it, and she's not able to read it right now because... A couple weeks. Yeah, we've got to wait a while to get past some episodes. Can't wait... I also can't wait to read uh, Son of Dathomir. Not able to read that yet either. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 That was a funny <laughs> Um. Anyway, his tracking comes in handy, and it leads them to a little hut. Hey, <laughs> It's a pizza hut. Um, the building, not the slug. In the middle of the swamp. Turns out, it belongs to Zero's mom. Mm-hmm. Which we see just a few minutes earlier, uh, Zero and his girlfriend going to meet Mama. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to call her Mama the Hut. Well, that that's her name. Yeah. Well, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, anyway, so she he kind of accosts Mama for her starship. Um, but... Uh, Quinlan and Obi-Wan are right behind them, and they break her door. Well, Quinlan does. Well, Quinlan does, yes. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Obi-Wan's the charmer, as usual. Of course. Of course. It's such an interesting pairing. It's like, such... if if Obi-Wan thought Anakin was bad, hanging out with Quinlan Voss makes Anakin look good. Yeah. I'm just saying. Right? Um, yeah, I like Mama the Hutt. <laughs> I kept saying that during that scene. Who go pray for my door? <laughs> Um, that's literally just it. Yeah, she, so she's pretty, she's based off of Pearl from Blade, which, by the way, if you want hut facts, you can go back to our Scum and Villainy episode if you missed that. I love we talk about the huts quite a bit and talk about it more fully. <laughs> um, and, but yeah, so she's based off Pearl from Blade, which is just a really, 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 really obese vampire. You want me vampire. to tell you something that's going to make you mad? I know, you haven't seen Blade. Yeah. You mentioned that when we saw, when we... Did that episode. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I've never seen Blade. So, really, the only similarities, though, are their size. That's that's the only thing. Um, I think yeah. I think they were just like, hey, I want to, like, you thought you've seen a big big slug? Wait till you see Mama. She's huge. She takes up the entire room. I'm not sure how she sleeps. Standing? Oh, or... Also true. Also, her hair, her hair is made out of starfish? Kind of. Um, they're called Charillian Sar- Toops. Again, we mentioned this in the other one. Um, huts are hairless, uh, but some want hair, 
And rather than getting a normal toupee, they subjugate a tiny lesser species to living on their head forever. Um, Marlo the Hutt has one in a very Marlon Brando style. Mama has a couple dozen stacked on her head. Um, very behind. She even throws them at Quinlan and Obi-Wan yeah. when they break in. It's very like, funny. That's all she's got. <laughs> that's, that's, all, that's all she can do. Um, so, yeah, so... Yeah. I thought I thought that was pretty funny though. Jeez hmm. Louise. Um. So, who's gonna pay for that door, John? The Republic. Republic. <laughs> <laughs> Republic credits don't work in the outer rim, John. Yeah. Well, I mean, she can't get through the door anyway, so. True. Yeah. I mean, sorry, it's just yeah. she can't. So, surprise. The episode's almost over. <laughs> Um, Zero, Ours or theirs? Yes. <laughs> um, Snoodles and Zero are together on Teth to get the Hollow Diary, and once Zero has it, which was hidden by his father's grave, by the way, did not catch that. Um, Snoodles just straight up shoots him. Yep. <laughs> she kills him. Yep. She got what she wanted. Yep, and she makes off with the diary, and that's the end of Zero. Yep. Kind of unceremonious. It it's fitting. Yeah. I mean, the whole circumstance is fitting, but it's just yeah. kind of expected a little bit more, given how theatrical he was. True. Although, when he dies, he does say, what a world. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, but, I, again, I just, it, you know, I don't know, it just was, I, I mean, it was it was decent, yeah. but I, I think his character garnered an, a, a more dramatic death. Yeah. In my opinion, but. Yeah. That's what he got. Um, <coughs> Pardon me. Bane arrives first to find the body. Uh, if you're like us, then you forgot about him for a while there. Because he didn't really do much. Um, until the Huts hired him to find Zero after his escape. Um, Obi-Wan and Vosh show up, even though Zero is dead. And apparently, they believe Bane when he says that he didn't do it. Um, which we know he's not lying. But they don't really have a reason to believe him. So... That. Uh, either way, a chase ensues as the Jedi hope to at least bring Bane to justice. The battle is pretty interesting as the leap from the platform to platform, but it really shouldn't be this difficult for Obi-Wan and Quinlan to take down Bane. But he has to escape for future episodes, guys, so that's what he does. Um, in the end, it is revealed that Jabba was behind everyone, everything. He knew, we knew that he originally hired Bane to free Zero. But he also hired Snoodles to convince Zero to take her to the diary and then kill her ex. Also, he could get the dirty diary and get rid of his annoying uncle. Yep. So Mama the Hutt's his grandmother. Yep. What's so his It's dad? an interesting family tree. Who? Who's, who's daddy? Jabba. We don't know. We don't know that side of the family. <laughs> we just know Mama the Hutt, um, who it was so... Should we look up Zero, the Zero, well, it's not, it's not complete. Zero's, I guess, brother begot Jabba. And then Zero, you had Zero. Um, and then there's uh, Gorga the Hut, who is Jabba's nephew. Mm-hmm. But it, it's kind of, it's all kind of convoluted. It's, we don't have a full tree. 
so it's kind of hard to keep up with everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we, I mean, we at least know that um, Jabba is grandson, his uncle is Zero. Yeah. So. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Um, it would be nice to get that a little bit more filled out, but yeah. I, I, it'd be interesting if we ever get more huts like this. Yeah. More hut family business kind of stuff. It's coming villainy part two. Yeah. Well, I mean, just kind of moved on from that. Yeah. You know, and with Jabba being dead, kind of, and we can kind of assinuate that the rest of the hut empire kind of fell apart after that. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, because it kind of did. Um, <clears throat> I would just be surprised if they decided to spend any more time on huts and hut culture and all that stuff. I would, you yeah. know, I think they've kind of, I think they're kind of done with huts. Would it be funny if they reveal that Jabba's dad was some form of like a play on words to make it Pizza the Hut? I don't know how they could do that without it being just too... If they can do Shaggy, they can do Pizza. Uh, it was Shagai. Thank Sorry. you. He only um, 1% of his power to defeat Oh my gosh, I cannot believe that that's that what the internet's come to. And Matthew Lillard is on board. I know. That's... I love it so much. Oh my much. goodness, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Um, I love the internet. I don't think they could do... I I would just be surprised if they could pull that off believably to make it... I mean, uh, yeah, I don't see that happening. I don't know. It's just a little thing. I, you know. Besides, Spaceballs already did that, so... That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Uh, lighter episodes, but... Yeah. Strong finish. Mm-hmm. I would say definitely a strong finish. Yeah. Um, and like you mentioned, it's nice to see more of the hut, hut culture. Yeah. And empire kind of stuff. I love the huts. Um, it's definitely very interesting, and I'm not saying we couldn't get more story. I'm just not expecting it soon. But yeah. who knows? It would be nice to get more of the hut business. Uh, see what the goings on of that were in the height of their power. Yeah. And whatnot. I'd love to read that diary. Oh, that would be a good way to do it, if they released the diary. Mm-hmm. The diary of Zero the Hut. Um, I feel like it would be very long and monologue Oh, yeah, but, I mean, imagine the whole... Imagine the audiobook, though, oh. being read by Corey oh. Burton, <laughs> doing don't. the voice of Zero the Hut. <laughs> I would rip Oh, I need that off. now. I want that now, I actually. I would go full, like Vincent Van Gogh, I don't need this, I'm just going to cut the ear off, it's fine. <laughs> That's not why he cut his ear off. He did yeah, that. He did it as a gift. Well, and it was a nice gift. <laughs> it's one of a kind. <laughs> oh wait, well. <laughs> it's one of two. <laughs> I can only get this experience two times. <laughs> You're so dumb. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, yeah, so lighter episodes, but strong finish. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the conversation surrounding them, uh, and let us know what your favorite part of these episodes were, if you have a favorite part. Did you feel like uh, you didn't get enough Quinlan Voss like we yeah. did? Uh, let us know uh, wherever you find us on the social medias. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. Follow us, like us there. That way you can be up to date when we post things, when we have to rearrange the schedule, and when we post Q&As and all that good stuff. 
and so definitely hit us up on social media. You can also check us out on Patreon to find out ways that you can support the show and the creation of future episodes while getting rewarded for it. Speaking of Patreon, thank you, Rebecca, on Patreon, who is a part of making these episodes happen with your support. We really appreciate you, and we appreciate all of you guys who listen and put up with these episodes uh, and all that good stuff. What's your favorite hut? What's your favorite OTP? There you go. There's your questions. Sure. Um, Let us know on Twitter and Facebook that stuff. Uh, (laughs) And also over on Patreon, um, going up this weekend will be uh, our early access episode, 10 Things We Love About Revenge of the Sith. We mentioned that kind of of briefly in this, but if you want to get essentially an extra episode and other cool content um, for financial support, you can head over to Patreon to see... Yeah. All that good stuff, and check out that awesome episode, as well as our episode about Attack of the Clones. Yeah. All of it's on Patreon, so just check it out. See if giving's right for you. We would certainly appreciate it. Send our cats to college. Please. Um, it's so dumb. Other than that, uh, we're it should be a normal week ahead. We'll be back Monday with Monday Motivations. We've got a fun main show planned, and then moving on with uh, the Clone Wars we watch again next Friday. So, until then, guys, this has been Clone Wars Rewatch on Nerd Herder. I have been your herd leader, John Wayne. And I've been your herd mommy. Have a good weekend. Stay scruffy. And may the Force be with you.